This is WNSP Now, live. From online to on air, the sports station presents your favorite WNSP Now shows live on air. Now it's time to throw it deep with Michael Bronner and Owen McEnroe. How is everybody doing? It's been a couple of weeks, three weeks to be exact, since the last time we were live. But like I said, we're going to be doing this on a rotational basis. You got to hear Nick Wiggins and Stephen Root do theirs last week. Joey Warner and uh, in the in the Batters Box podcast a couple weeks before that. He'll be back on next week. So, you know, we're going to be doing this every three weeks. Final drive is going to end at 530 we're going to throw it deep live every three weeks. Kind of uh, the timing kind of worked. I would have had to work out a pretty sweet deal with Nick if the timing didn't work out this way. But it worked out pretty perfectly because we're post-draft. First of all, let me introduce, reintroduce my co-host. He made his on-live radio debut a few weeks ago. But here he is. I guess things went okay last time. So he makes his return. Owen, all the way live from New York. How you doing? What's going on, guys? I'm pumped to be back on the air. Yeah, right yeah, we're, we're glad to have you back. The people of Mobile have been clamoring for some more Owen McEnroe in their life, so, uh, so here we are. Anyway, like I said, we are post-draft. We'll break down the draft. We, uh, we did come out with an episode today. It's funny how it works out because WNSP Now Live is every Wednesday, and it just so happens that Throw It Deep comes out on Wednesdays. But, you know, so if you, if you are just a Throw It Deep super fan and already listened to this week's Throw It Deep, there will probably be some similar draft breakdown. But I have a feeling there's a slightly different audience here. So we're going to break down the draft again. Let's start from the top. Bryce Young goes number one. To not many surprise, and I think Owen and I, as we kind of worked through draft preparation, came to the conclusion that Bryce Young is the best quarterback in this draft class. He definitely is. He's got he's got all the tools. Uh, the size is obviously the big talking point, and it is a legitimate concern. But um, he's he's the best quarterback prospect in this draft. How concerned are you about that size? We've debated this a lot. It's but like you wouldn't be concerned enough to take another quarterback over him. So, like, I don't know. You saw the picture that came out when he got to Carolina of him and Brian Burns. Brian, Brian Burns, by the way, is 6'5 and, like, two, 280. So, like, take that picture as you will. Uh, sure. But Bryce Young did – he looked pretty small, I, I, I will admit. Yeah, that's a that's a big boy he's shaking his hand with. But um yeah, I mean it's a it's a, it's a legitimate concern. Um he's he's frankly the smallest quarterback that's ever been uh gotten this kind of investment into him and being a first round pick like this. Um he's he's Kyler Murray's height and he's Kyler Murray's probably got twenty pounds on him if you just look at the guy. Yeah, and admittedly Kyler Murray plays a different style of uh, of quarterback in, in in just that, you know, he's I, w- I wouldn't necessarily call him scramble first, but he certainly is more electric than Bryce Young. Now I think Bryce Young does about everything else that a quarterback does better than Kyler Murray, so we'll see. Uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. And we'll, I mean, That's a nice segue there, too, because the Cardinals trade the number three overall pick to the Houston Texans, who trade back up after ta- – there's so many points here with the Texans. We'll get into the Cardinals' angle in a second. But, yeah, Bryce Young was kind of the obvious pick there. We, we knew that was going to happen. The betting markets reflected it, and, and it was what it was. I mean, Bryce Young is the number one pick. Nick Saban gets his first ever number one overall pick, which that in itself was kind of hard to believe, but that's what happened. And, uh, and yeah, it is what it is. So 
then number two is where the surprises started. I think you kind of were of the belief, to your credit, that C.J. Shroud was going to be drafted number two. I admittedly believed the noise with uh, with the S2 cognitive test and believed that Shroud <laughs> was not going to be drafted second overall. I Let me ask you this before we talk about what the Texans actually did. Do you think that those S2 cognitive test things, like, do you think that could have come from a team like the Raiders who – like say at seven or maybe even the Colts at four who really did think Shroud was the best uh, or the second best quarterback in the class and just wanted him to drop. I mean, it's, it's certainly possible. I mean, this is, this is the NFL draft. This is smokescreen season, you know, um, anything's in the cards here. So, I mean, it's not, it's not out of the realm of possibility that the, uh, Raiders wanted to spread some rumors about these cognitive tests. What was so funny was Chris Ballard, the Colts GM, he came out after, obviously the Colts draft Anthony Richardson, which we'll get into as well, but Chris Ballard, did you see the video of him after the draft that came out where he's like, it's a shame that some of these kids get slandered the way they do, and it, it just, to me, it was like, I, I did, I, I did. <laughs> I, I, I see that and think, like, it was probably you. You were probably the one spreading the rumors about C.J. Stroud. Yeah, maybe maybe he knows something about a rival GM doing something like that. Or it was him. You never know it, these guys. Uh, I'm thinking him and Jim Irsay cooked up a scheme to try to get C.J. Stroud to not only drop the four, but get the Texans to not take him. And again, I think both of us are not very Don't in Don't leave Mark Davis out of there. He could have totally been in the wounds there. Yeah, Mark, Mark, Mark Davis <laughs> and Josh McDaniels cooking up a scheme in Vegas. Someone was doing something with, with the S2 yeah. cognitive test. Because again, like, you know, it, it sold me in, in believing that Stroud is not going to be this uh, this number two overall pick guy, and I still honestly don't think he's going to be very good, at least worthy of the number two overall pick. And then what the Texans also give up to get back up to number three when they could have taken Will Anderson at number two. But all all this being said, it's like I, I mean, evidently it didn't really mean much in the end. Sure, yeah, um, I saw that. There's a lot of speaking of smoke screens. There's a lot of rumors that Anderson was going to go two to the Texans. Well, however, they, they took their guy and CJ Stroud, and they also traded up to go get Will Anderson. So that, there's some truth there. Yeah, so, yeah, like, uh, we'll, we'll, let's start there. Do you think the Texans gave up too much? They gave up way too much. We actually just had a, a Texans guy on at, at 5 o'clock today. His name's Paul, Paul Gallant. He's a, a radio guy out in Houston. And, and he, okay. he said something that I thought was fascinating. He said if – I asked him, like, uh, you know, how good do Stroud and Anderson have to be to justify what they gave up? Because keep in mind, too, this is a team that gave up a massive haul for Laramie Tunsil and was still horrible. Obviously, like, you need a left tackle. Uh, That's right. He was a great player, though. Yeah, it was a great player, but, like, you know, they were still a dumpster fire of a team, even with Deshaun Watson and Laramie Tunsil. So, uh, you know, to his point, he was like, if these guys aren't really good or if the Texans are really bad again next year, he said Nick Cassiero is going to get fired. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly on the on the hot seat. I mean, they've been pretty much in the seller of the, and not even in the division, the entire NFL yeah. for the last couple of years now in this post Deshaun Watson era. So, well, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's one more year, but I think I think he's he's definitely his seat's getting a little warm. That I'll tell you what, if Stroud has a bad rookie year and Anderson like doesn't have an awesome rookie year i don't know that that seat turns flaming hot and maybe he does get fired yeah i, I could see it i'm not saying it's like deserved or like that that was not a great spot he's been in but he's acquired some draft capital just gave it up to go get will anderson but um 
no, it'll it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I I mean, so you give up next year's first rounder to Arizona, who Arizona. I honestly think is probably the biggest winner of the first round because, I mean, there was talk of them taking Paris Johnson as early as three uh, to get who's ultimate. Like, whether you think, no matter what you think about Kyler Murray, he's going to be, he was, he, he the Cardinals are tied to him financially. But like, we're not debating whether or not that contract was a good decision. I think we'd both agree it wasn't, uh, but they signed it. So, you know, it is what it is. Kyler Murray's your quarterback for better or worse at this point. So the third pick was going to be Paris Johnson, I think, which may or may not have been a reach. They're able to trade down to six, only go down three spots, still get a first and I believe a third next year and get their guy. Yeah, no, they, they certainly navigated the draft very well. Uh, they got Kyler some protection, as you mentioned, and uh, they picked up, I believe, a second and next year's first. Yeah, it's something along those lines. I I, I can't I can't remember exactly. It was a, it was a giant haul. I can't remember exactly off the top of my head what it was, but I mean they 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 really did kill the draft. And then the big wild card uh, was the Colts at four, and they end up taking Anthony Richardson. I think a lot of people, myself included, really expected Will Levis to be the pick at four. Obviously, Levis drops to Tennessee in the second round. And it's Anthony Richardson. Uh, the the hype ended up uh, ended up play ended up uh, you know being real with his draft status sure. at least. Yeah, and yeah, he's got a ton of talent. And let me let me just say to that that point that the Richards or Levis got to the second round. If you were to tell me any of those quarterbacks were to get to the second round at the like, listen, like I I don't know if these guys are going to be good. You don't know if these guys are going to be good. We're not scouts. But if you were to tell me any of them were going to be available in that second round, I think that's great value, and I and I applaud the Titans for trading up and going getting Levis uh, 33rd overall. We're going to get into this on the other side because uh, we, we do have to take a break, but we're, we're in disagreement on this. I like fine. If you want to just talk about the value of it, fine. And I, and I think I kind of tricked myself into Will Levis and thinking, like, could this be an option for the Patriots at 14? I'm glad we didn't end up with Will Levis. I, I'm pretty thrilled with the Patriots draft. We'll get into that as well. But I, I don't know. We'll, we'll get into the Will Levis thing. We'll get into some other teams. I think the Broncos had a great draft. I think the Steelers had a great draft. There's a bunch of teams that really killed it. So we'll keep throwing it deep here on the other side. Keep it tuned in. Throw it deep. WNSP now live of draft talk you can never get enough of that throw it deep never get enough wnsp now live joined by my co-host in new york city owen McEnroe. appreciate you guys for tuning in after a hump day edition of the final drive it's been a this, this has been fun i've enjoyed it very fun having a good time so before the break i teased a little bit Man, we, we got through 10 minutes, didn't get through the first, like, four picks. But we talked a little Anthony Richardson, talked a little C.J. Stroud. Let's talk a little Will Levis. Drops to the second round. It doesn't have to wait long, goes 33rd to the Titans. The Titans now with the grossest quarterback room in the NFL? 
No, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> I, it's, it's not. It's not up there. But it's. I don't know if it's blatantly the grossest quarterback room in the it's NFL. It's just visually unappealing. Ryan Tannehill, Malik Willis, and Will Levis. Like, ugh. Yeah, it's not flashy. I'm not saying it is. It'll get the job done, like if the job is to finish last in the AFC South in the worst division in football. The Titans are going to be bad this oh, year, man. Oh, the Texans will be worse. Don't you worry. Yeah, maybe not last. They're going to compete with the Texans. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm flip-flopping back and forth on the Texans. Like, I do kind of believe the Texans can win six, maybe seven games this year. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. Seven, seven, seven might be pushing it. But, like I, like, I keep saying it. Like, maybe Mike Vrabel can prove me wrong, but I really feel – like, this Titans team is bound. Like, the wheels are going to come off. This is the year it all falls apart for Mike Vrabel and the Titans, and this team wins, like, four games, three games. I Do you know a Titans fan? And I don't know if you know a lot of Titans fans. I know a good, having gone to Alabama and living in the South, do you know a Titans fan that's happy right now? They're, they're, they're all, like, so, so, so upset with the state of the team, what they did in the draft. They get Skaronsky early, which which was fine. Uh, they did not want Will Levis, I'll tell you that. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we don't know any. I'm sure the Bills fans are upset when they took Josh Allen seventh overall. Like, we don't, and I'm not making that comparison, but we're fans. We don't know these like guys. Like, we don't know it. I love, I, I love the value, certainly, of getting Levis in the second round because everybody said he was going in the first round. So that's that's nice, but. It's a value pick. I, I like the value of getting Hendon Hooker in the third round for for the Lions. Another uh, one, yeah. And I'm and I frankly think Jared Goff had a great year and deserves to be the quarterback for at least one more year. So well, I'm they, not, they came out with that report that uh, you know Goff may very well get a new contract. Yeah, I mean, after his play last year, he he deserves it. I um, I don't know. He was unreal last year. I was a little shocked to see. I want like Hen, I wanted to see Hooker to get to a team where he could potentially play. Yeah. And in the Lions, I don't – barring an injury, I don't think this is a great spot for him to, like, actually get a chance to play. I know he's going to be out most of this year, but even, even like, next year, like, I, they seem pretty – I was shocked when they took him because they seem pretty keyed in on Jared Goff. Yeah, it feels, it feels like a Jared Goff, like, all right, like, we didn't invest huge draft capital, so if you keep playing well, like, this, we didn't draft this guy necessarily to take your job, but he could take your job if you don't keep playing well type of deal. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind the pick because, like, honestly, like taking quarterbacks, like even like the Eagles had Carson Wentz. They took Hurts in the second round. Yeah. People scratched their head when it happened, but look, look at us now, you know. Yeah. So I don't. I don't mind the um, taking a quarterback like day like in that third round like that. But um, it's definitely interesting. Stirs the pot. Yeah, and I, I, I like the Hendon Hooker pick. Like I said, I didn't like the Will Levis pick, but again, I. I think Tannehill is done, and I think Malik Willis stinks. So I, I guess take a flyer on Will Levis in the second round. Why, why not? I just, I don't know. I, I love that. I think, exactly. I think that team is going to be it yourself. bad. Yeah. No. I, again, why? Why not? I, I'm not going to knock them for taking Will Levis in the second round. I'm just going to knock them for the fact that, that that team in that roster just looks gross right now, and I think sure. they're going to win four games. Uh, if Will Levis is playing this year, oh boy, like look out. Uh, it's it's only going to get worse in Tennessee. But I do want to ask you, because, uh, you know, we each have some strong opinions on this. Uh, what was your favorite pick of the draft? I'll give my favorite, and then we'll do our least favorite as well. And we'll start we'll, – we'll stick it uh, in the first round for now. We only got six minutes left. Sure. Um, so my, my favorite pick and least favorite pick were back-to-back. Ooh, so, um, I know where you're going yeah, here. Yeah, we've got uh, Jalen Carter, the Eagles, is my favorite pick. 
Um, you get a guy like that with I, I get the I see the character concerns I get it but uh, with that talent and people uh, are talking about him as the best player in the draft and at nine overall that's insane to me good for Eagles got a ton of value there yeah I couldn't believe I I thought that the Bears were maybe yeah like because yeah. they I mean there was talking Jalen Carter going one before the Bears traded the pick to the Panthers and then the Bear I I mean I guess you know teams take guys off their eight. they yeah, saw him at eight they they could have had him. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, so I mean, I guess uh, it's the type of deal where teams take guys off their draft boards, and I'm sure te- multiple teams did take Jalen Carter off their draft boards for character concern. It's not even just a character thing, like the, the motor and the fact that he went to his pro day and, and couldn't finish his workout. I know he had a lot going on mentally, but, uh, you know, the fact that he couldn't finish his workouts as his pro day for a guy to invest a top 10 pick in is concerning. Now, for Jalen Carter to go to a room with Jordan Davis and and, and, ju- and a litany of good defenders and and a good culture uh defensively is is going to be great for him I, I think it'll maximize his talent uh whether that would have been the case in atlanta i don't know but you know go ahead and say your least favorite pick because because i think we all know where you're going here yes uh my my least favorite pick is uh b john robinson to the atlanta falcons um this is a team with a ton of holes. Clearly, they're picking eighth overall, and uh, they decide to go with a running back, which is a bad, a bad pick at all at eighth overall. And then you consider the fact this is a bad team with a ton of needs, and they chose for running back. Bijan turns into a fascinating fantasy football option, but he is not going to help the Falcons reach the playoffs. Yeah, he's a first rounder in fantasy. Uh, and heck, if he rushes for fifteen hundred yards, uh, maybe the Falcons could contend in the NFC South, but. Only because they're in the NFC South, he's certainly not going to help them win a playoff game. Exactly, exactly. This is they could have gone a lot of different ways to this pick, and they chose the worst possible way. Although, if you told a Falcons fan they're going to win the NFC South this year, I, I think uh, I think they'd be okay with that, even if it means getting blasted in the first round of the playoffs. Sure, sure. Still got to get that quarterback right, though, and frankly, the the line, the defensive line, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm with you. I won't push back hard on on the Bijan pick. I, you can you can spin it like uh, like our very own WNSP's Nick Wiggins has spun it. I, I mean, I watched him at the time. He wasn't happy, and he you know conveniently has shifted the narrative over the past week since. But uh, yeah, it's interesting it's, how people do that. Yeah, <laughs> they they tend to do that. But I'll get to my favorite pick of the draft, and call me biased if you want. I don't really care. It's Christian Gonzalez, man. Christian Gonzalez was talked about as a top 10 pick. He, he was considered one of, if not the best corner in the draft, right there with Devin Witherspoon. Patriots trade down from 14 to 17. And by the way, I don't, I'm don't. i sure you weren't listening, but at 3.30 we had we had a Steelers guy on, and I asked him about Broderick Jones, uh, the trade-up, jumping ahead of the Jets. And he said exactly what I have been saying to you for this past week. He said, how much do you think Bill Belichick was smiling having the Jets not get their guy at 15 in Broderick Jones and they get an extra fourth rounder and Bill Belichick gets arguably the best corner in the draft at 17 while simultaneously making the Jets not get their guy. It was just brilliant yeah, stuff yeah, from Bill Belichick. Yeah, this sounds a little narrative driven. I don't know. <laughs> well, I like again. I, I don't know how much truth there is to that. The we'll see. The Jets were going to take Broderick Jones at 15. You give him to the Steelers, which is not great, but fine by me. Uh, you don't have to play him twice a year, and hopefully Judon and, uh, and Uche can, can can get after Aaron Rodgers a little bit this year. And I guess whew, by the next time we do this, we're probably just going to argue about how many wins the Patriots and Jets are going to have because what else is there going to be to talk about at that point. But that being said, uh, my least favorite pick of the draft, we only got about two minutes left here, a little yeah. bit less. 
Uh, had to be Quentin Johnston to the Chargers at, at, I believe it was 21. They passed on Jordan Addison. They passed on Zay Flowers for a guy who does exactly what, like, what has been the Chargers' biggest issue and lack there and not that they don't have talent at the receiver like mike williams is very talented. like they're, they're slow. slow they're slow and quentin johnston is not like this oafy guy like mike williams is but he's in that same mold he's like your classic bill belichick oh he's gonna go up and get it like he, he's he's a possession receiver that type of receiver like they can be successful but that's starting to pass pass you by in the nfl that's just not what wins games anymore like you need speed in today's nfl to pass on jordan addison and zay flowers for for quentin johnston who had a great year at tcu but i don't think he's going to be successful in the nfl it was it was it was for a guy you already have pretty much in mike williams it, it was mind-numbing I, I, I like them going receiver but um i i don't i don't see that yeah i i, I don't like the the archetype you've you've painted the picture for me is not it's not a great not a great look and again part of that is just the fact like i i've admitted this on, on our on our show like i have Nikhil harry paralysis syndrome like I, i'm terrified of a big bodied go up and get it guy in the first round Nikhil harry has scarred me from life for that and and johnston very well might end up being a good nfl player but if i'm drafting a guy in the first round i want a guy who's elite at creating separation and boy oh boy is johnston just not that yeah, well, we saw that in the uh, national championship game well, in Georgia. Yeah, I mean, admittedly, TCU couldn't, uh, you know, TCU could have had Jamar Chase in the national championship game, and it, and it wouldn't have really mattered. But we are about out of time. That went very quickly, as it usually does. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you, Owen, for joining us. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for listening, fellas. Appreciate everyone for tuning in. Tune in to the opening kickoff tomorrow morning. Tune in to hear me and Corey on the final drive from 3 to 6 on a Tide and Tiger Thursday. We got Inside Alabama Racing coming up with Tommy Prater just next. Keep it tuned in. Sports Radio 105.5 WNSP.